1: New Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. Joined this week by Pierce. Hey guys. And we're also joined this week by
0: Hey.
1: And uh, we're here to do something we haven't done in a while. Yeah. which is a Netflix episode. Well, an episode, period. Because that, that last episode, the long one we recorded, I still haven't released that. Still oh, editing okay. It. Still editing it. It's in the can, so it'll come out first, I'm sure. Probably? Actually, maybe not. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, anyway. We'll see how
2: much of a nightmare this is with two separate... Yeah, well,
1: Pierce got a special recorder. A yeah. A nice task can thing. Yeah. So we're testing recording it with both our traditional recorder, my phone, and this recorder to see how everything works. Literally back-to-back. Back. Literally back-to-back. Back. So we haven't done a Netflix episode in a while, but Correct. the three of us recently watched... Well, Pierce and I watched it together... We told Dave about it, he watched it, but we recently watched a movie on Netflix, and we are like, hey, do you want to record an episode on that movie? Because it was really interesting. Now, it's been a while since we've done this, so I'm going to throw it to Pierce first. Pierce, we do these Netflix episodes in three distinct sections. What's yes. the first section we do? The first section is spoiler-free. Dave, what's the second section we do?
0: Some spoilers.
1: No. <laughs>
0: Wait, back to Pierce. For the steel, things that are like it. Recommendations, oh, yes, things that yes. make
1: us think of it, things that we think of when we think of it, and then, Dave, what is the third section? Spoilers! Full-blown full spoilers. Now, one slight difference for this episode will be only in that I will recommend, if you trust our recommendations, and we all
2: like this movie, if you like music, and if you can handle a kind of weird movie... If you like really... No, not kind of weird. This is this is the outskirts of weird. It's It's weird, but it's not... So I'd it, say... It's not Rubber. Okay. All right, <laughs> sure. Rubber's the out, outside of Weird. So this is like, as far as Weird goes, like, popular Weird would be like Wes Anderson. Like, I feel like that. Yeah, yeah, that's... That's a is, popular Weird... Sure. This is a step out from Wes Anderson, but not quite as far as Rubber. Okay. But I feel like
0: it'd be like if Wes Anderson produced a music documentary. Sure.
2: There you okay, go. Okay, all right, yeah. I so... If you like those types of things,
1: and you trust our recommendations, stop listening to this right now. Don't even listen to the mostly spoiler-free section, because at least in my recommendation, going to this movie knowing nothing, not watching a trailer, not knowing who's in it, not knowing anything about it, would be the best way to watch this movie, Yeah, I is agree. my thought. That said, if you don't mind hearing some spoilers, just a basic premise, who's in it, etc., Go ahead and listen to this first part now. Then stop listening when we get to the spoilers. Go watch the movie; it's on Netflix instant. And then come back and listen to the end. Yeah. But at least for this movie, this is one where I legitimately, I purposely went in knowing as little as possible, and I wish I knew even less. Hmm. So the movie's called Frank. It's a 2014 movie. Yes. It's rated R or PG-13? Uh, R. Or probably for, sure for, for language, language and, yeah. and some mostly obscured by water. Um, yeah. Ma- nudity. Yeah,
2: Maggie. And violence. The movies.
0: A little bit of violence. A little bit of but, violence. Um, yeah.
1: Very, very late like, to
0: be revealed. the spoiler type version.
1: Type stuff. But if you don't want to follow my advice, and you want to know at least something about the movie, well, here is our mostly spoiler-free section, the stuff you're going to know from the little listing on Netflix, yeah. or the back of
2: the Blu-ray box, that type which of thing. Which is going to be hard for me to describe without going into the existential crisis that I had <laughs> following
0: watching this movie. So, <laughs> yeah, so... I did not have an existential crisis. Okay,
2: I had <laughs>
1: seen something, I think, on the AV Club, which is The Onion's satirical but serious sister site. It's not, you know, jokes. There are jokes in it, but the stories are real. Yeah. About this movie. And it was basically a screenshot, and I think it was like their best of the year type thing for 2014. And I was like, knowing who's in this movie, and seeing this one screenshot, I need to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And then like two days later, it got added to Netflix Instant, and I was like, perfect! <laughs> I hadn't watched the trailer. I came over here, we watched it, I think I told you who was the main person in it. Yeah. Which I wish I hadn't, actually. And you saw the screenshot that's on Netflix like page for it. Yeah, so you saw what Frank looked like. And the you described
2: Frank. you described Frank. I remember distinctly as a British children's
1: thing. Well, he was inspired. Well, that was my impression of what he was inspired by, yeah. which I was somewhat wrong. We looked a it up little off, Yeah. So Frank is a movie about a guy named John, played by Donald Gleason, yep. who is the son of Brendan Gleason, the well, tr- terrific actor who is an aspiring musician. He has a lot of aspirations, yeah. to, to not repeat myself, but he has a lot of aspirations to be a famous musician and not a lot of talent to back that up. So I'd say some skill, but not much creativity. Skill, if, but not talent, if you will. Okay. And really, he can do the basics of key. He, can, he, can he knows the well, notes, yeah. he knows the
0: chords. I he knows, with you know, both of you. I would say he has creativity and he has skill, he, but he does lack talent. Well, I think those are really going to depend on what you define those things at.
1: He would love to be a famous musician. He would never be a famous musician. Uh, can we agree on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you were going to say, like, if you're engaging success, if this band were real, it probably would never make it past indie status. Sure.
1: But I mean outside of the band. Before he gets involved with the band. Oh, yeah. The really movie starts with, like, him writing a song, and it's terrible.
0: He would be just some, like, poor loner in his basement doing keyboard
1: yeah, who wishes he could Yes. <laughs> who wishes he could be a musician, but can't. So, he, he's working a desk job, I forget even doing what, it's not that important, it's, he's in like some one kind of scene. Office, some, yeah. some office desk job. And he happens across this van, and a guy nearby the van, in the ocean, who's trying to drown himself. Who's yes. being like, arrested by the police.
2: And... Well, yeah, and early on he sees a sign for a band that's performing by the name right. of Son of...
1: Yeah, Son of... For... Or something, it's, it's purposefully unpronounced. rats. Yeah, for <laughs> Gods. He quickly learns from one of the other people who was there, this was the keyboard player for that band he saw the poster for, and he's like, hey, I play keyboards, and pretty soon they ask him, hey, can you fill in this gig we have tonight, mm-hmm. and then very soon after that, he gets whisked away by this band to a cabin in the woods, not in a creepy a cabin way, in
2: the woods, but in the
1: woods. where they're recording an album, and he's trying to record this album. And I'd say that's the most general way to describe this movie.
2: So I do want to point out, I just made a very deep cut of uh, Evil Dead the Musical, so Oh I forgot that was even a thing. Yeah, most people did. Yet I unfortunately know most of the soundtrack. But...
0: <laughs> it's a good musical. <clears throat>
2: uh, good is a very loose term. So well Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So but... <laughs> without with that with that information by itself, just guy with not a lot of talent but a lot of aspirations to be famous, joining this band
2: That's... and also narrating.
1: So. Yeah, he he's your protagonist. That's you know, it could be an interesting movie, but there's not a lot there. The interesting thing about this movie is Frank. Frank, who is the lead of this band, he's the lead singer, and he plays some instruments. We see him play keyboard and guitar. I think at two different points, yes, definitely keyboard. I'm pretty sure about guitar. Musical yes. genius.
2: I think we are able to establish very quickly.
1: Sure, he has a, he has a lot of talent, and the whole band has a lot of talent and absolutely no ambition to be famous. Yes, right they they are all in it for the art. And the music's really weird and trippy, kind of wall of noise stuff, very indie. Reminds me kind of like mid era Me Without You. Yeah. um, For a lot of reasons, especially if we go into spoiler um, territory later on, a lot of reasons reminds me of Me Without You, which is a band I quite like. But so it's weird, but it's very catchy, it's very toe tappy, and it kind of just whisks you away, even if it's weird. Very fantastical, short.
0: It's very like shoegaze type style, yeah.
1: Frank is interesting not just because he is a musical genius of some type. Some caliber. Some <laughs> caliber, sure. But because he wears a giant papier-mâché mask. Intricate
2: papier-mâché
1: mask. Oh, yeah, fairly intricate.
2: With a mic with, attached, with a, you know, all sorts of stuff. All of
1: this is modeled after the British character of Frank Sidebottom, who had this mask, and he was a creation of... what? What's the guy's name now? Is it Chris Smiley? that uh, that sounds right we looked this all up after we watched the movie it's a very interesting story to look up this guy
2: very sad
1: story. very sad as well he was he was had this kind of gimmick thing that took over his career he was a musician and he had this gimmick and it took over and then he died penniless but now all of his fans band together and like there's a bronze statue of him in his hometown yeah. type thing so it's sad but it's inspirational but it's sad. and this this movie is loosely based with the real guy's permission, on one of his bandmates' memoir. Uh, kind of a, uh, an article he had written. Very loosely based. More like inspired. Because this Frank is not in any way supposed to be no the real you. guy. This is just, hey, what if this other band had another guy that there's, had this There's man?
2: even a bit where, in, in the film, Frank says, you'll catch me dead before I play the ukulele. And one of Frank's side whole bit was playing the ukulele. Right. <laughs> sure. So, like, yeah. Exactly. So, Frank is... This guy, musical genius,
1: giant papier-mâché mask, he never takes it off. That's his whole thing. No one in the band, as far as we know, has ever seen him without the mask. And the question is, okay, he's a musical genius of, as they put it, some caliber. Is he a musical genius, or is he mentally ill, or both or neither? And that is kind of the question that you grapple with throughout the rest of the movie. It's funny. It's also very deep towards the end and takes you to a lot of places that you might not expect it to take you. It's also weird. When we were watching this movie, at one point, Pierce, you said something to me along the lines of, I don't know how I feel about this. To which I replied, I'd say it's 90% delightful, 10% boring, and you said that was
2: perfect. That was about halfway through the movie. that was about halfway through. So I would say the one big flaw would be pacing to the movie. I think there were some pacing issues. Because halfway through, it felt like the entirety of the movie... Because we we paused it at one point.
1: Well, um, well, your internet connection died for a few minutes, or your Netflix, Netflix connection. does
2: it all the time, yeah.
1: And so we paused it to let it build up a, a charge. We're like, wow, it's only forty five minutes, yeah. but
0: it wasn't. It did feel longer than it was, but
1: not in a bad way, at least for me. Hmm. What What
2: about you, Dave?
0: I mean, I don't think the pacing was that bad in it at all. It actually kept me pretty captivated for the entire movie. I wanted to see what happened next, what they were doing when they. Well, we're not in the spoiler part, so I can't like give any description of where they get to in certain parts of the movie yet. But it kept me wanting to see more. It kept me you were in... along for the ride. Yeah, I was definitely along for the ride in this movie, and it kept me wondering what's going to happen next, what are they going to do with this, how is this going to basically you know, come full circle. Now, what
2: about stuff. Katie? Did she watch this with you? She
0: didn't. She was watching a different movie on my <laughs> laptop, and I was like, oh, well, it's... I'm going to watch this movie that they suggested because I saw it on Netflix already, and I've been wanting to check it out, so here I go. Because I think the, the image
1: on Netflix is just like Frank's head. It is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right? So And she probably mistook that for some sort of children's movie, and she's not very fond of children's movies, <laughs> so she was probably just like, go do your own thing. <laughs> it's not a kid's movie. Oh, and we, If it is, we really question your Aside
1: family. from Donald Gleason, I've stayed away from saying who's in the movie, and I think we're actually going to save that for the spoiler portion, because I honestly would recommend people don't know who's in this movie, don't know who plays Frank, don't know some of the other major characters... Like, Donald Gleason's the first guy you see, so I'll say he's yeah. there. Also, he's not a name you probably know, although you will in the next few years. I believe he's in Star Wars 7.
2: Eh.
1: Oh, I, I liked him quite a bit. And his dad's a tremendous actor. I didn't see anything in this. I don't know who's dad. Brennan Gleason, you ever see? Um, he's in Gangs in New York, I believe. He's also in, like, in Bruges. Um, if, if you saw a picture of Brennan Gleason, you would go, oh, oh that guy. Oh, that guy, okay. He, and if I remember correctly, he was, like, a school teacher until he was, like, 30. And then he was like, I'm going to try to become an actor. And now he's just, he's a brilliant actor. Really good. I might have that story wrong. I might have him confused with another
2: Irish actor. <laughs> but
1: um, there are some big names in this movie, in big and small roles. I wouldn't say big. I'd there say are some big names in this I'd movie. I'd say
2: that, B+. Like...
1: I would, there are some big names. You, you, yeah. he doesn't, how do I say this without saying The person who plays Frank is a big name, even if you don't realize this
2: because we had this discussion when we watched know him from the, movie. the one thing. You so only know the person
0: knows... who plays the protagonist is a fairly big name. He's been in several like movies in the past 2 years. Well,
2: I know I know the one thing that he's really well known for, I guess, that the common person would be like, "Oh yeah, that guy."
1: Point is, the, there are some big actors in this movie in big and small roles. Be better if you didn't know who's in, but
2: we'll talk about them in the spoiler portion. Pierce, you're not you weren't a huge fan of the music. No, I, I enjoyed it, or it wasn't your thing. Right? Yeah, it's not my usual thing. So I I immediately got the soundtrack after we watched the movie. I um, downloaded the end credit song, just the end. Well, there were a couple that was of, a my favorite song. All of them got I will redos. probably buy the rest of the album. <laughs> yeah, every, all of them got redoes in the end of the the album, or and in, in the end credits. So in the actual, all of them? well, at least not at all two of them. did. At least the, the big the bigger two. So one song called "I Love You" Long, was the other one "Ginger Crouton" or uh, no? The other song was "Tuft." Oh, okay.
1: So both of which did. Yes, so there's a song in this movie called "Ginger Crouton." <laughs> yes, it's the first one you'll hear
2: from, from <laughs> Sornthum. Um. So yeah, there's I mean, of the four songs, really, that I would say four um, main songs. Yes, yeah, so, there's plenty of other songs. Yeah, it's, uh, defend the galactic perimeter. Um, Is that Ginger Crouton? No, that's different. That's the one they do in the club. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, 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 think... the one
1: they do in the club. The first song you hear from them is called Ginger Crouton.
2: No, it's called Defend the Galactic Perimeter. Are you sure? Yeah. I could have swore the title was...
1: Anyway, I did okay. look at i did look at the whole album and then just bought the one song, but I will buy the rest because
2: okay, yeah. it was great. Uh, Defend the Galactic Perimeter, uh, I Love You All. Um, Frank's Most Likeable Song. Frank's Most Likeable Song. <laughs> I love that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because then... I feel like in a couple of years, it'll be a thing <laughs> on
2: some sort of record. Oh, it annoys me and I love it at the same time. And Tuft. And they have the, the re... The reworked versions of the theater, or I should say the in-studio versions of I Love You All and Tuft at the end. Right. So okay.
1: Most of the songs you hear in the movie are like the live performance or the recording version and not like a fully produced version until the end credits, uh, which makes perfect sense yeah. given the context of the movie. I love the music. It is something I would legitimately listen to. Um, I, I recognize, uh, you're the same, David Oh David. yeah, Absolutely. I recognize it's not for everybody. I recognize it's weird and shoegazy and indie, but I kind of like some of that stuff, particularly as a musician. And like immediately, with the first song you hear from Soren of of "Defend the Galactic Perimeter," I guess yeah. it's called. I was tapping my feet and I was into that song, and especially going back later and listening to the lyrics and stuff. Like it's pretty cool stuff, yeah. even if it's weird and trippy and out there and played for laughs the first time you see it, there's a lot more going
0: on. For me, any band that employs a theremin in their music <laughs> yeah. ha- has my vote. I... Yeah. Don't to my fucking theremin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Great line.
1: Have we said all we can say? Is there anything else we can say in the spoiler, f- mostly spoiler-free section about this movie? Besides the fact that we all really legitimately
0: enjoyed this movie. Yeah. If you want some instant hipster cred, go, uh, go watch Frank. <laughs> I would say... <laughs> I don't even know if it's that
1: hipster, but I would specifically say stay away from the trailer until you've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. I've shown two of my sisters the trailer, and it turned both of them off. It's a very, like, Waka Waka-type trailer yeah. that didn't work for I mean, It works after I've seen the movie, because it's like, oh, I remember that funny part and that funny part. But, like, a lot of the jokes played with, like, goofy, funny, ha-ha, Waka Waka music. And it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's not true. the tone of the
0: movie. That's for If sure. you want to like. Get a get a feel. Get any sort of feel for the movie. Just read the brief description on Netflix and, and try to
1: avoid the the cast listing.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, to be honest, I looked at the cast listing, and that's what really drew me in. Because like, there's wow, some this big is names. Really interesting plot. This is a really interesting idea for a movie, and the cast is really big for such a like obscure movie.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Anything else you can think of, Pierce? No there's just things that I want to pour out of my mouth but those left wait for spoilers alright into our second section which is Dave recommendations that's right okay so what things movies music specifically there's some television shows comic books um, sandwiches you saw at a street vendors cart <laughs> make you think of this movie or when you think about this movie you think about those other things
0: yeah I can I should come up with a couple movies that I would recommend if you like this if you like movies involving weird music a really strange one for this to be Yes Man with Jim Carrey Really awesome, weird music in it, and a kind of interesting plot, and also Scott Pilgrim.
1: Oh, I hadn't thought about that one, but yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Much more stylized
0: than this is, but yeah, sure. Yeah, de- both of them definitely more stylized, but same thing, if you are into weird music and kind of like kitschy, nerdy things, then uh, you'd probably definitely enjoy both those movies, if you haven't seen them already.
2: So, what this actually makes me think of, and this is going to be roundabout. And I say this because I'm pretty sure Nicole will never listen to this, but <laughs> uh, my previous relationship, actually.
0: Uh, so <laughs> you want to see the documentary about Pierce's previous relationship? Uh, so because there, your
1: girlfriend, as we all know, wore a paper mache mask. Exactly.
2: Yes. Uh, Didn't no. Want. So <laughs> um, the reason being, so one of the one of the few things uh, that my ex and I had in common was our enjoyment and love of offbeat movies. And so that is something that we did together. Uh, you know, we'd travel because we were long distance, and so we'd just kind of sit around and watch movies while we actually had time together. And she actually had quite a few in her collection: movies along the in the in the wheelhouse of uh, Stranger Than Fiction, uh, invention great, of lying, yeah. anything in that kind of. I mean, I wouldn't even say those two. Yeah, Invention Lying's more indie, but I wouldn't say Stranger Than Fiction was really indie.
0: I don't think they were. Either of them were indie. I just don't think they got a lot of recognition for what they were because the actors in them did so many other things that were typecasted into, and they put these movies out, and they were great in their own respects. Yeah, but they just weren't what the actors were known for, so they didn't get a lot of. A
2: lot That's of very true, and I would, and it's a, it's not really a category, but it's movies that just tell a story. So it's not an action movie, it's not a drama, but it really just tells a story, and it's a compelling story. And that's kind of the category that I put those movies in. It's into. funny when it needs to be, it's dramatic when it yeah. needs to be, it's tear-jerky when it needs to be,
1: but it's not like pigeonhole.
2: Exactly. It just kind of tells a story, and that's a, that's a genre of movie I really enjoy. You know, obviously, if you want a more toned down, if this, if you think Frank's a little weird, but you kind of like the, the concept a little bit, like I would still say like the Wes Anderson movies are good, gateway into the more Has he done a films. movie about a
1: band? I don't think he has,
2: right?
0: No, I don't think he has.
2: So I wasn't even thinking about the band aspects so of it. No, much, no, no, but, just, but yeah, I was just no, legitimately yeah. thinking, I don't think he ever has. I I'd just, just like to yeah. write a
0: letter to Wes Anderson uh. tonight.
2: <laughs> 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 but even at the end of... Uh, uh, what's it called, Stranger the Fiction, there was that well, one. Bill Murray plays Tariman. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's the song um, for the theme to J.J. Go? Uh... Oh, uh, Kites Are Fun by... No, no, Kites Are Fun is the name of the album. The band is the free design, and the song is called... What, whatever the Take a Little Time for the Child Within You. Like, that's the end credit song to Stranger the Fiction, and I started singing along with that, and my ex just kind of looks at me, and she goes what are you doing right now? I'm like, oh, I love this song. This song's great. Uh, so, yeah, it, it has even... Within that, the more offbeat movies usually have more offbeat music, too. Even, like, in the sure. you know, end credits and stuff like that. So, that's what it made me think of. Movies that just kind of tell a story and are a little more offbeat, so...
1: And I've already said, it definitely reminds me of the band Me Without You, and I'll talk about that more in the spoiler section, but if you like the music in this movie, I would definitely recommend, like, Catch Frost the Foxes or... Brother, sister, those two albums kind of like the midsection of their career.
2: What about it's all whatever? It's all it's all crazy. Blah, 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 it's all blah, blah, false. Blah. It's all a dream.
1: That one and Ten Stories, which are their two newest albums, and then A B Life and I Never Said I Was Brave, which were their first two albums. Yeah. They, they've cha- the band without you has changed a lot over the years. Their first two albums were very much like post-hardcore, a lot of grunge elements yeah. added to the weirdness and to the shoegazy aspect. And then the two newest albums are much more, almost camp songs for adults. Which I like. And I love it too. But I would say in terms of feel, those two center albums are going to be the much, much closer to what you hear in this movie. Mm. Where it's kind of, there's still a little bit of the post-hardcore grungy elements. A little bit here and there. And there's some of those more camp songs for adults, uh, you know... Um, call-in, what is it, call-in-response-type call yes. um, melodies kind of bringing in, but it's kind of it's kind of like a perfect center. And I love, well, I don't love their first era as much, but I love the second two eras a lot. This is just kind of the one that feels the closest to the songs of the movie. In terms of movies, I mean, a- any music documentary or mockumentary or mo- movie about music in this general is, is going to make that. you think of it. But this <laughs> is Spinal Tap, very different sensibilities very different feel of a movie, or Anvil, the story of Anvil. I don't mean, we think we've talked about these in previous Netflix episodes, but very different movies. But it's just because they are movies about bands, they do make me think yeah. of this. I'm trying to think of other movies where people are obscured behind a mask, pretty much the entire thing. I mean, honestly, to, to a certain extent, like the original Star Wars trilogy, when I, and what I mean by this is, you know, you had David Prowse as Darth Vader, and you had um, James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. But you never think, ah, it's just some guy behind a mask and there's no acting. There's some great acting coming from Darth Vader, and there's some great acting coming from Frank. And we haven't said who Frank is yet, we will in the spoilers, but it's not like, oh, I could have been Frank, or Pierce could have been Frank, or Dave could have been Frank. No, there is legitimate, consistent, and very well done acting coming from this guy whose face you don't see. It's a voice and a body, and believe me, that is more more than enough for a
2: very compelling performance. So one thing I'm actually surprised you didn't say, and I, um, I don't know if you've seen this, the the weird drummer movie that you
1: showed me. Oh, oh I was actually thinking about that when Dave was talking before. Uh, the Sound of Noise. Or a Sound of Noise? Sound of Noise? I don't remember if it's a, the, or just Sound of Noise. Yeah. But it's a stra- <laughs> it's a strange German movie about... Drumming everywhere on everything.
2: Including people in surgery.
1: Yeah. And it's based (laughs) on a short film that you can find on Vimeo, I think, called Composition for Six Drummers and a House or something like that. Sound of Noise is definitely a movie I would recommend to just at least watch half an hour of it. Yeah. Just to get a feel for how weird this movie is.
2: Or just kind of skip through parts of it and see, like, when they'd start. Or look up the
1: songs on YouTube. Yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. Doctor Doctor Give Me Gas for My Ass which is the one in surgery <laughs> is hilarious and awesome musically. Most of the others in the movie musically don't do a lot. For me there are some interesting things there, but that's one that's really like that's just really trippy and cool. Musically that is really
0: really neat. Also the drum solo that starts the movie is really cool. This also makes me think of a lot of different bands. One of them one of the big ones is Death from Above 1979. It just has and it's another one of those like post-hardcore type bands with a lot of just uh a lot of weird, like, type, just music arrangements and stuff in it, and weird time signatures and different instruments. But, yeah, that one, and, I mean, one that's a little more popular, M83. Just some, lo- some really awesome synth work. I'm not sure if they use a theremin in there, but it sure sounds like it, <laughs> and I would love them if they did. Also, um, I Love IT's acoustic
1: album. When we am talking about this, I'm talking about bands with strange in- instrumentation, things you don't normally hear. I, I-, I Love IT is a Swiss metal band. Who put out um, one acoustic album called Slovenia? The Invocation, I think, Part One or something like that. You know, they've got a hurdy gurdy, they've got a violin, oh, yeah, the they've got bagpipes <laughs> and flutes. Even in their you know heavy you know death metal songs, but then this is like an album where they strip all that away and it's you know just the acoustic stuff, and it's really really cool.
0: Um, it is just a, the hurdy gurdy. that's sp- all they play. <laughs> it's
1: also a Spanish metal band called Maja de Az, which does some interesting things like that, but. These are just some things I think of. In terms of television shows, nothing's really springing to mind.
0: I don't think if there's a television show like this, it would probably last more than a couple episodes.
1: <laughs> Unless it was like Netflix. Or, yeah. or. Well, yeah. uh, television shows about bands, we've got Fly of the Concords.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's actually a pretty good comparison. I like that. Especially
1: because of Brett's helmet that looks like his hair, or yes. gloves that look like his hands. <laughs> And some similar comic sensibilities, actually. Not all of it. I
0: would even compare Comedy Bang Bang to this. I would not. I would not. Look, I am not a huge fan of Comedy Bang Bang either, but I feel like it falls in the same, like... I
2: would say
1: to, to like, Season 3, which is very different from Season 1. No,
2: honestly, if you want a TV show, in my mind, comedic comparison, I would say something along the lines of King of the Hill. Okay? And Mm -hmm. the reason being... Where the comedy isn't the main focus, it more tells the stories with moments in between. That's like, ha ah! Like, that's, that's in my mind, the equivalent of that. Okay. Uh, pacing-wise as well, where it's not exactly a quick, like, joke, 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 thing. Which, as much as I like F- Flight of the Concords, that was more just like a, a constant comedy, you know. It hit. is
1: definitely so, a comedy show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Maybe um. in
0: Portlandia.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. That's a good... Yeah, I think that's a it
1: hits the line well. So. Sure, some of those. All right, so we exhausted our recommendations for now? Yes. All right, let's move into full spoilers. Just as your last warning, folks, please watch this movie and then come back and listen to this. Don't have it ruined for you. It's a really fun movie, for the most part, until it's not fun at all. No. Spoilers. <laughs> but let's move into our spoilers section. This is yep. your last warning. All right, so Frank is Michael Fassbender. Yes. Magneto from X-Men First Class... And Days of Future Past, or Young Magneto from Days of Future Past, a huge role in Inglorious Bastards, uh, very well endowed and shamed, in Shame, and <laughs> um, many other movies. You know, he's a well-known German-Irish actor, born, from what I understand, actually born in Germany and then raised mostly in Ireland to German and Irish parents. So that's why he speaks such good German in, mm. in several movies. He's Frank. Yeah.
2: And his performance is really something. My bigger question is, what do you think this movie was about? Like, what was the core message point of
1: this movie? Well, I mean, it was about the, the struggle between... Well, it was about multiple things, but from John's point of view, it's about the struggle between talent and ambition. Mm. But it's also about mental illness sucks. Yeah. And it can create inspiration, and it can create great art, but that doesn't mean that just because someone had has mental issues that they're, you know... That they're somehow happy. Like, John has this misconception of, man, if I could just have some childhood trauma and have weird issues myself, that would make me a great artist. And it's so not that true. That was the, in the part least.
0: that stuck out to me so much in this movie, too, when he's sitting there with Frank's parents. Exactly. Yes. And he's saying, like, man, and he's realizing, well, he came from just as good of a home as I did. He and, came from a great home. And, a and he's talking to Frank's middle class, dad. And he's saying, know. like, you know, what was this, like, anguish that he went through as a child that, like, helped him to create such amazing music and his dad was like well nothing it was actually the anguish that got in the way right yeah and that just like that just I don't know I loved this movie once I like I saw that scene like I loved it before but that just made the movie for me and
1: I'm circling back around this because I've started saying it but we we went on different tracks but his performance as Frank it is you you do eventually see him without the mask Mm -hmm. hopefully anybody who's listening has already seen the movie we, Pierce and I had this question, or I had this question for Pierce when we watched the movie, which is about halfway through. So do you think we'll ever see him? Because we both knew it was Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Do you think we'll see him without the mask? And my assertion was, I hope we don't. But I suppose there's a decent way, there's a couple of decent ways they could do it. And by the end, you do see him without the mask, and I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Because, just to see how broken he is, and how... I keep coming back to the word consistent, but his performance under the mask and outside the mask... It's the same performance, and yeah, well, duh. But it is like you can tell. Oh, that wasn't a stand-in, or wasn't just some random person. Like the acting is so specific as this pretty seriously mentally ill person. I mean, he's not killing people or something, but he, you know, he definitely has severe the body mental language issues.
0: was consistent throughout the, the body entire. Body language, yeah. And it's there's not like body it's not
1: there. like Frank is, you know, running around doing crazy stuff all the time. A lot of times he's just standing very still in the background of scenes. But still, with the subtle body language, it is so consistent and so spot on to this character that when you do see him without the mask, very much at the end of the movie, there's no question of, oh, is that Frank? No, that's definitely
0: Frank. Yeah. You know, there's no question there. Still disappointed that it was Michael Fassbender. I was hoping it was just his voice, and you'd take they'd see him without the mask, me walking Phoenix.
2: <laughs> for me, and I, this is something I was I spent a lot of time thinking about the movie after, after the couple days after. Like, oh, yeah, I annoyed Nicole to no end about this movie. Has she watched it? No, okay. and and partially because I just told her you'll hate this movie. <laughs> uh, she she has not liked anything Wes Anderson's done, she doesn't really care for the offbeat movies. So. You made her
0: watch Best in Show.
2: <laughs> Did you tell it's her to do dog show? About, about dogs and that she'll love it. <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah, no, uh, that's required. Hi Russ. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What, what is what
1: is her i don't know what her musical tastes are is she into weird music at all or
2: um musically uh, i'm actually sh- not sure what her you
1: m- consider music country weird are. music uh,
2: <laughs> actually that answers that she loves she loves country music i did know that so more um, into the formulaic, he, traditional stuff okay yeah, yeah I, I, I don't, don't necessarily
1: like. mean that as a dig but no you, you can't get much farther <laughs> there's not <laughs> much of a wider gulf you could find no then, than then this country music country. And,
2: they, and, and thankfully country music admits it it's like throwing beer at your dog in a tractor and you got a song um, so yeah, so, the question I have is why is your dog driving the tractor? <laughs>
1: well,
0: no, you're throwing beers leave. at your dog and your tractor <laughs> out of frustration. Oh, both. Oh,
2: because okay. probably your wife. Because left your you. woman left you because you're an alcoholic and your truck work like that. that throws yeah, beer exactly. stuff. <laughs> also America. It's, yeah. So uh, <laughs> oh my word. Anyway, anyway that's anyway. the subtext. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> so and this I really annoyed her with, with thinking about all this. Um, what, what hit me in this movie is that I don't think anyone's truly wrong in this movie. So, There's no real bad guy, certainly. I mean,
1: different people are, are the good guy or the bad guy in certain scenes, but so, not as an
2: overall... Like, so here's thing. here's here's my thing. So we didn't talk about the full, like, exactly what happens every scene, but they sure. eventually go to... South, South, by, South Southwest. by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Right? And you should come to our show. I promise nothing bad will happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah. And so, like, Frank is clearly distraught throughout this whole thing, and it's really a... Frank is in the middle of this battle between Maggie and uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal plays the female lead. Yeah, and of Carla, Carla, and then Ginger, whose name I can't remember. Wait, is it Carla?
1: Carla is the. Uh, she's Clara. Clara. Clara yes. Carla is the is the name is the real name of the drummer who plays the drummer. Okay, which is why I get a little bit confused on yes. that. Clara, yes. Uh, and then, then who's t- she's terrifying, by the way? Maggie Gyllenhaal <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> yes, she is terrifyingly hot. As I put yeah, it, she you... she's a very attractive ninety year old woman in this movie. So <laughs> specifically yeah. I said
2: ninety, I would just like to clear nine zero. Not nineteen we're nine. <laughs> ninety. Um so it, it's it's a ever constant battle between Maggie, who is the I, I would say the purely just music is for art, expressing yourself. Blah, blah, blah. But also very much the I want to protect Frank. Yeah. That's true. Which you don't realize for a long time. I, but I wouldn't even say that because I also look at, at Ginger, whose name I can't remember. Um, John. Brendan? John. John. The, the actually, actor's name is
1: Domino Gleeson. Okay. The, the character's name is John.
2: John. Where John, I think, genuinely wants this music to be out there and popular. And I think about if either of them had gotten their way completely, everything would be fine. Because if the entirety of the band went along with the plan, actually performed in South by Southwest, there was a roaring crowd. Like, everything would have been fine, and that would have been right.
1: Except I don't know
2: how Frank would have responded to that. I think he might have responded much the same way, even with the solidarity of the I, group. See, I don't know about that. I think if he was able to walk out to a roaring crowd and played his music, I think he would have been able to, to be fine with that. I don't... Because his whole...
1: why well, not his whole, but one of his main anxieties is just... Being seen and being out there. I mean, it's the whole point of the mask is to hide yourself away and to be separate and to be protected. See, I and the moment slightly you're, you're disagree surrounded by a
2: crowd, you're not protected, even with the mask. I slightly disagree with that. I don't think it's so much to be protected, to but to project something else. So he, in that mask, is able to do that thing on stage. He, in that mask, is frank and able to perform. But do we know he is? Because we
1: never see them in front of more than a couple people when he is able to perform. That's true, and we don't know that. <laughs> like, even at the South by Southwest show, not only is he wearing the mask, he puts an additional mask over
2: the mask. He puts the makeup on. And I think that would not have been the case if the entire band had been there to support him. But instead, they went with Maggie in the idea of artistic purity and... And withdrew into that. And without supporting him in that, I don't. I think that's where he lost it.
1: I mean, to be fair, we'll never know.
2: That's obviously true.
1: But I, I mean, I think their intentions... I mean, like you said before, no one's really the bad guy. They're all trying to do their thing. Yeah. Their intentions in saying, we will not support you in this, was to protect Frank. Exactly. And the art. But and, mostly yeah. to protect Frank. And
2: I think if they had also gotten their way without John pushing in that direction, I think that also wouldn't find, because that's how we see in the ending. That's what we see, right. where they're just, you know, them creating their art again, and everything is natural. So I think no one was truly wrong in this movie, but it's a battle of... No one was truly malicious.
0: I Yeah, I would agree with that. I so think John was, was wrong? wrong. You think John, John was wrong? John was
1: legitimately wrong. He wasn't malicious. He wasn't trying to do the wrong thing. But in the grand scheme of things, hindsight 2020, he was wrong. Yeah. And he recognized that and fixed things. Why, so, why do you say he was wrong? In the, in the grand scheme of things? Yes. Because he was only there for the fame and he didn't care about, he. well, he didn't understand Frank, but he didn't care about Frank's well-being until the end. He was just, oh, you should be famous because you're weird and because you're different and because no one's ever seen anything like you. You should be famous not recognizing how much that would just destroy Frank.
0: On top of the fact, he also saw the talent within the musicians and he thought of it as an avenue to bring in some of his own music, to get some of his own music recognized. So he's saying, you guys should be famous and you guys should also play some of my music.
2: I think that's fair, but I think we can also, by that same vein, villainize Maggie in a bit where I think she cared for Frank in what she thought was best. And did not see that he genuinely wanted other people to hear this music and to be liked. I think that is something that is not wrong for him to see. But she was selfish in not allowing him to express. That.
1: I will agree with you. It's not wrong in him for wanting. It, but the thing is, and granted, again, we don't know because we're only looking at this from what we can see. You know, in the mise en scene, as they say, um, or the mise en scene. But we we only see what we see on. We only know what we see on the screen. But every bit of me understood or or thought this was the case, that Clara was fully aware of how broken Frank was and that even though he wanted to be liked and loved and had that want to be famous, that you can have a want and that want could still destroy you. And so I think she might fully well know that, yes, he wants to be liked and famous, but knows that if he ever got that, what did happen would happen.
0: I tend to side with that too. Like, I don't think anybody was malicious in this movie, but John's... Like, at the beginning, I liked John's character. At Towards the end... Actually, more towards, like, maybe a third of the way in the movie, John's character just pissed me off. <laughs> because, and I've been in bands, like, me and Jordan played in a band together, I've been in other bands. Playing in a band, having somebody else just come in, like, you're, like, you're a tight-knit group. You, like, you're, like you've are like played with each other, like, a band's like a family. And you have somebody coming into this band that's, like, ha- like just... In there telling you, oh, well, you guys should do this. You guys need to do this. Like, it's not a very welcome feeling.
2: But I also wouldn't say he just came in, so... No, they invited him. I will him. agree he annoyed they did, him. They did invite him. And he was in there for several months and poured all of his personal finances into this
0: project. But was did he pour all of his personal finances into the project because he believed in what the band could do or he believed that they could get famous?
2: I believe, I, from at least from what he was narrating... I sincerely believed he believed in what Frank could do now within that I think his lack of skill um blinded
0: him in a way see I don't think he had a lack of skill I just think he I think see here's the thing like I don't know how much skill Frank had but Frank had creativity
2: well, but see, and, I think Frank had pure skill, just from that tough song. But,
0: but And I ahead. think John had skill, like, he had technical skill, but he... Frank le- had a lot of talent. Yes.
2: And probably right. skill,
1: we do see him play instruments yeah. and, like, create his own mu- musical mutation system and sing and
0: write these lyrics. I actually thought, like, part of the movie was really genius when they're talking about doing, like, I forget what the term they, what they called it, like prep work or something like that, where they're literally just going around and recording sounds. Yeah. I thought that was just phenomenal. Like, Mm. I love that stuff. It brought to mind, like, Pink Floyd type stuff. Like, you hear, like, a cash register. And And, and money, yeah, sure. Yeah, and just stuff like that. Like, taking everyday sounds and bringing them into music. And I thought that was great. I think John had, like, actual technical skill, but he he very much lacked creativity. Like, even when you see him, like... Taking notes on the music he's creating, it ju- it just seemed so rigid. And then he comes into this band that he
1: thought there was some kind of a
0: formula. That yeah, if he, he just unlocks that thought, formula, yeah. there you if go. I put these, if I put these chords together with these lyrics that are that like strike a chord with this person, I'll become famous. Yeah,
1: he's very much trying to do art for other people instead of trying to do art for himself. Yes, which
0: and I think I think, I think that here, was the big contrast there's in between.
1: Nothing wrong with that. No. But it just, it didn't work with this band. Yeah. And also, if you're going to do that, you probably need to have more talent than John had. He had some skill, but you need to have way, way more talent yeah. than he had. And again, it's not a bad thing. Like, you look at people like uh, like a Neil Diamond, who wrote music yeah. for other people, specifically to be radio hits, and made a career of it. And I mean, granted, I don't know a lot about Neil Diamond, so what, he like committed suicide or something and was a miserable person. I don't know. But yeah, he's still alive. Yeah.
2: He's still <laughs> well then sure he's still alive, yeah. good.
1: <laughs> Let's hope he still is by the time this episode comes out. It's there's nothing wrong with that. It's just in the context of this band and in the context of what Frank needed. Not what Frank wanted. Because there's you know, I might want a thousand pounds of chocolate cake, but if I eat that I will die. You know.
0: Well, <laughs> if you eat it all at
1: once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I mean there's lots of things that I might want but that would destroy me. I'm sure heroin's great. But it <laughs> was just like you know. So
2: there's, a mountain there's a reason of cocaine. Like, there's a reason There's a reason people do heroin. It's not like there's a whole society of people doing heroin that are really fine, you know, like But they really want it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a society of people that make music and are doing just fine like But we're not just I mean, we're, we're conflating two different things here, which is the
1: music yes. and the talent and stuff, but also the mental illness, which is something that Clara was able to recognize, and John wasn't. John saw, ooh, angsty musician, and Clara's like, no, he's a very broken person who needs to be protected.
2: But see, the other thing is, the movie doesn't lay that out. It does at the end. At the end, absolutely. And again, I'm only speaking in hindsight here. Yes, absolutely. The movie doesn't lay that out until you get to South by Southwest. The movie establishes him as a very weird, but a very solid person
1: who spent time in a mental institution okay. but you didn't and wears a papier-mâché mask. <laughs> you yeah. found that out pretty early because yeah, um, but... Scoot McNeary, another big actor yeah. in this, who played... What was the name of his character? We, we watched this like two weeks ago. French guy? No, no, no. no, no. Scoot yeah. McNeary was the, the second keyboard that player British. who killed oh, himself. yes, yes, yes. yes. But he, he, he met Frank in the insane asylum. He talked he talked all That's about true, that. That's
2: true, yeah. So you, you found him that fairly him early. Like about
1: halfway? Th- no, because like, at the first thing, he's like... Even with all those issues, he's 100% seen as cat I know. Yeah. And then he met him in
0: there, you know. And, you know,
1: an insane but, person But I mean, he telling... did have a
0: very... Com- I, I will agree with you. He did have a very commanding personality yeah. in the first half of the movie.
1: Because he was in his safe zone. Yes. <laughs> you know? The moment you took him out of that, that's when things went
2: terrible, you know? But I think he was even fine in South by Southwest until they broke the news of how many people really know you. Like... No one's going to really know who you are. We know who you are. And that's when he started to climb onto the table, and that's when things started to go wrong. And I think it was just that shot to his confidence there, where I honestly believe if, if the whole band had rallied around him, I think that would have been a different story. I think it would have changed the tone of it. It's but possible, because, but we'll never know. Yes, exactly, but because of that clash. And I think that's why the movie was particularly powerful to me, because it was that clash between being successful and being known versus the artistic purity. And for me that was like the, the big challenge of it of you know where in life is where in life is that balance and finding that balance as opposed to a lot of people which I think I feel tend to go to one side or the other. And uh, and I feel like Frank was un- obviously unable to find that balance, but that's also because of the forces around him. Well, and because of his mental illness. Yeah, Yeah. and and you're right, and I don't, I don't factor the mental illness much into that, and maybe that's because I, you know, to his credit or whatever, because of how well he was able to, like, and granted you don't see how much of it, but at the death of his friend, like, you know, he was very composed, he was very, you know, even, even in what would be a very dark moment, you know, a friend stealing one of your heads and hanging himself, he was still very composed in that. And I thought... (laughs) Which, I mean, I'm
1: not going to say a sign of mental illness, but certainly can correlate.
2: It can correlate, sure, but... To not
1: having a grasp of what's really happening.
2: Or to be able to woo that woman, that Swedish woman over. Swedish woman? Yeah, the one where they ran out of rent money. Oh, right, right, right. I think you... I thought she was... Was she Swedish? Some foreign language, yeah. I thought they were speaking German or Dutch. Whatever the language that they were speaking, yeah. And being able to, you know... Yes, I recognize listeners, Deutsch, but regardless. (laughs) Uh, To woo her her over and convince them of what they were doing. Like, you know, to me, all of that... Yes, he was suffering from a mental illness, but that doesn't... But there's a difference between mental illness and instability. True, I would say he was both. (laughs) I I don't until the South by Southwest portion. I would not say he was uh, unstable. He was holding it
1: together... For a certain period of time, but how long was that going to last?
2: I would honestly believe indefinitely if he had that support. You know I, I got to disagree on that,
1: but again, we won't
2: know. Yeah, there's no way of
1: sure uh, so we, we've discussed this topic for a long time. Um, other things in the movie that you'd want to talk about, like for instance, his performance once the mask is off, and he's got not just a performance, but you know the way they had the scars on his head and yep. the bald patches from the mask that he'd been wearing for so long. That final he m- his
0: hair. You that just, actually like, was a thing that probably I, would have just rubbed uh, off by friction. Like, constantly. Uh, see, I always imagined the mask to be very, like... I, I thought it was, like, like kind of hollow. Like, I felt like you had a lot of room in that yeah. thing. Yeah. Right?
1: Hollow-ish, but you could see, like, where the straps held it on, and, like, where yeah. the
2: You could see that, but, like, he was clean-shaven, he was... Even in the he scene, was clean-shaven at the end, but we don't know that he no, was clean No, even early on... So. Like, to be fair, I know a
0: lot of people that can go a long time and not grow some facial hair.
2: Well, that's true, Kevin. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Who's that's, that's also, like, 19. <laughs> He's 21. Now. Yeah. I
1: don't know why that makes a difference. But, but yeah, that yeah, was
2: yeah. Now. <laughs> now it's two years later. Um, <laughs> yeah, I <it> was wrong, <laughs> but so <laughs> what? Probably
0: well, hit that puberty at 21, and man, he is a hairy mess now. <laughs> I man.
2: was right two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, like, how did he cut his hair? Did he just, like, I'm just gonna snip, snip, snip now? Like... You know, granted we didn't see beforehand, but that was a big question. Like, Maybe whatever
1: just came out the bottom of the mask, he would stick some scissors up there and, and chop yeah,
2: it off. I don't clearly know. Clearly, he didn't bathe
0: it, so <laughs> I gave you this. Now use, use it. it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think one of my favorite lines was definitely when he was laying in the bed and they were in the cheap motel, and so the, the TV was talking about South by Southwest, and he goes, well, "Aren't we supposed to play at that?" And then he just goes back to sleep. It's like, <laughs>
1: There are some really funny lines. The ceremony line I mentioned way earlier. The actual Frank's most likable song. <laughs> Co- <laughs> just puts sh- Dance all night, dance oh, all night. Oh, yeah. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, i
0: I love the, yeah, the yeah.
1: physical comedy, which is normally not my thing, was really
0: well done. I love done. the shower scene where he, where like John has had it, and he and he here's the shower going. He's like, this is my chance to see Frank without his head on, and. He sees the head sitting on the side, and then he goes in the shower and opens the shower curtain, and it's Frank with a, another head and a plastic bag on.
2: Yeah, I for me it was the uh, the <laughs> desert
0: the desert spreading of the ashes. <laughs> yes,
2: We spread it. It's hitting the other guy because you always wanted to be spread in the desert where you were from. And the other guy's like, "What do I do with this?" And then eventually, Megan's like, "It's grown up." Shut it down. It's not actually ashes, <laughs> um, but like they they
1: play it so consistently and so subtly at first. But then you like become to realize more and more that Frank has n- very limited vision in this mess. Yes, no peripheral vision, yeah. and like so. But he
2: can see a tuft in the carpet.
1: He can, yeah, he can see a little bit here and there. But like he's constantly banging his head on things or walking into things slightly, or things are hitting him and he's not seeing them coming, yeah. where he has to, like, hold the phone directly up to the eye hole so we can see it.
2: Two, three, seven, one,
1: five. What is that number? <laughs> yes, yes. Where the, when Claire throws the stick at, um, <laughs> the, the second tr- uh, keyboardist, whose name, I forget again, but uh, Scoot McNary's character, and, like, not, uh, I'm not a big physical comedy guy, but the physical comedy in this movie is super well done. Chinchilla. Yeah. <laughs> Chinchilla. Chinchilla. <laughs>
0: Oh. Love it. they come out there and everybody's chanting
1: chinchilla, chinchilla, <laughs> uh, Fidelio. <laughs> the last performance of "I Love You All." Yeah, it's so raw. Ro- like I like I said, I specifically bought the studio version, the version from the credits, because I don't know that the that the film version works as well outside of the film. But it's so powerful it in the is. film with him in the film, yeah. Him scarred and, and missing the hair and just crying and pouring his heart out as the band is coming
2: together around him. And again. the
1: first couple times, and then John just leaving because he's yeah. he's finally put things back together the way they were supposed to be, and he can even though he can they're leave in the, the wrong country, country,
2: in the middle of nowhere. But they're
1: still they're together.
2: together. And my my interest and thought, and I'm pretty sure I haven't confirmed it. I have to look at the actual lyrics, but I'm sure the first couple times he says "I love you, Wall," because he's talking about the building itself. He says he talks about the the actual restaurant and the the bathrooms being poor, and then he finally goes into. them, might and be. I love you all, so yeah. It was and I song.
1: really, it's a weird voice, but I really like his. the kind of, I think it's baritone would be yeah, yeah, same
2: voice. You know,
1: it's not the world's greatest voice, but it so works. And when I say not the world's greatest, it's not bad. It's better than I could do probably. But it's, it, it works like so a well Johnny for that. Johnny
0: Cash type voice, but I loved like the range on that song too. Like, cause he went from like baritone, and he like he went into his falsetto. Yeah, he went into, like it. a falsetto and really brought up, and it sounded good. Especially in the studio
1: version where you have the rest of the band harmonizing. That version's particularly well done. But yet, yeah, just, just the the outpouring of emotion in that song in particular, where you can see him. And that's not to downplay the importance of the other songs in the movie, but really just seeing him and seeing how broken he is and how much he does love this band and need them was just really beautiful. Yeah. I had mentioned that I would talk about this earlier, and I just remembered it now, so I don't want to forget, but another reason I would recommend Me Without You or that they make me think of this movie and vice versa is the lead singer and songwriter of Me Without You is autistic. And they never say specifically what, what specific mental disability Frank has, and that's not important and and it's often a very smart thing in movies or television media in general to not say specifically because everybody's experience with mental illness is different in some way, and you never want to be like "This is autism or this is asperger's or this is whatever sociopathy or it's it's much it's oftentimes much better to just be like this person has mental issues." And this is how they manifest in this person.
0: Um, I wonder if he was like agoraphobic or something like that. Like, or or po- yeah,
1: possibly, quite, quite yeah. possibly. And I'd say in addition to other things, I, it yeah. wasn't just that. So yeah, the, the same sensibility in the songwriting, in particular, comes across to me from both "Me Without You" and and uh, and <laughs> Or what was the what was the name of the second band when they were when it was just everybody but Frank and John in the club? He found them because they had another like urgroff uh, yeah,
2: type name or right.
1: whatever. Right. It was yeah. another, like, nonsense word. That, uh, like, fake Swedish type thing that made me laugh. But um, do, we, do we have anything else to say about this movie besides the fact that you... If you're listening and you haven't watched it still, please watch this movie. Yeah. I can't think of anything.
0: Yeah, I'm spent.
1: All right, so this has been Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. I'm Dave. And uh, have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com, that's J-O-R-D-A-N, or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-798-3830, and just let us know that you're leaving it for Jersey Shore. You can follow me on Twitter, at JordanFRMJersey, and iTunes ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to check out HHWLOD.com for lots of great content just like it.